I've noticed perfectionism in um, my friendships and relationships and mm. not knowing how to be the real me, but trying to be like a perfect version of me for other people. Hey, welcome to Intentional Living. You got it. We're talking about perfectionism. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Stephen Davis and the rest of our team here. My friend, Dr. Kevin Lehman, I think probably has given the best definition of perfectionism that I've heard, and he refers to it as slow suicide. And he means that in terms of maybe our emotional life, our relational life, in terms of the things in our life where we never feel like we're measuring up. And so today we want to deal with this uh, thing that we call perfectionism. It's not good, it's not healthy, it's not something that's going to draw us closer to Christ or to other people. And so today we're going to get started with some callers who are going to be sharing with us as followers of Christ, how they've been dealing with or struggling with perfectionism. If you want to share a comment, you can do so on our storyline. We have our callers already lined up for today, but you can call 888-888-1717. When you get there, just press the number that takes you to our comment line. And by the way, during West Coast Business Hours, you can also press number two and talk to our team. Our staff would be happy to share with you about our ministry, tell you more about intentional living, and you can become a part of this journey with us and your support. And we have some great gifts and some ongoing teaching, mentoring, and support for you in the process. So I hope you'll join us today. All right, let's get started with Christine on the line from Michigan. Welcome to the program, Christine. Go ahead. uh, Tell us, is perfectionism a problem for you? I think so. Um, But I passed the doing everything perfect or trying to, to not doing. So in other you words, know, you, you start and then you, and then you stop? Well, no. It's like I turned around from doing all the stuff to I can't do it right now, so I, I won't do it till later. Oh. And then later doesn't come. Yeah. How, is, so. how is perfectionism... Impact in your life? I mean, in your business, or your work, your marriage, no, finances, I'm, I'm, whatever? I'm retired now. I'm single. Um, pretty much just the procrastination thing. And how is procrastination impacting I, you? I, not good. Yeah, I mean, what's it costing I, you? Are you are you falling behind on things that are really important? Um, well... Kind of nothing seems important anymore, but yeah, I would say so. So did this begin, was this a bigger issue after you retired? Yes. So before retirement, when you were working, you you, you had a purpose, you had deadlines, that kind of thing? Right. Is that that part of it, you think? I think so. Because, you know, now I have all the time in the world to do stuff, and it's the end of the day, and it's, why didn't I do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Because you don't have someone depending on it, I guess, to get it done like you did when you were at work. What kind of work did you do? I was a waitress. Oh. Well, there, I mean, you, you can't procrastinate about that. No. <laughs> yeah, so and now that you don't have that routine, you've lost that, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, 31 years in the same place, so, yeah. you know, that was... Does this bother you? Or are you ha- are you happy with? I mean, are you happy with your life right now? Or are you are you bothered by this? Um, I'd say bothered because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's why didn't I do this or why didn't I do more than I did do? <laughs> do you feel um, like you need? I mean, are you interested in having more uh, accountability and having things getting done and having 
uh, that kind of, I mean, are you happier when you had that kind of uh, schedule in your life? Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't a choice not to do anything. You know, you just did what you had to do. So did you retire because you wanted to or? Um, no, physically, uh, it caught up with me. Yeah. Actually, well, I just, yeah. just left the doctor's office to find out I need surgery in the hip. Oh boy. <laughs> and they put a shot in my knee. Oh. So. Hey, my, my mom used to say getting older ain't for sissies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Christine, for uh, joining us today because even, you know, I think even through some of the the laughter and the under, you know, kind of, it's kind of like you're laughing it off in a sense there. And I understand that, but at the same time, you know, it can hurt and it can be damaging and, and, and procrastination, which is one of the symptoms of perfectionism, uh, can be very undermining. Uh, how has it impacted your life? Perfectionism. Give me a call. Comment on our comment line today. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. Uh, it can, and it can impact relationships and including marriage, Amy in Arizona. Uh, wants to comment. So looks like uh, you're, you're married to a perfectionist, aren't you? Yeah, I believe I am. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your question today? Well, I guess my question would be some, sometimes it's hard to know when to like put on the brakes and say, you know, like hold on a second without being disrespectful because we have read the book Love and Respect and we have actually been to your conferences. Um, I think for me, it's hard to know when to separate, you know, hey, you know, I'm not being disrespectful, but this is hurtful when you keep telling me to do this over and over again. Um, I mean, he tells me to do things over and over again that he's told me numerous times before, and it just gets hurtful. Now, he's asking you to do things and and they don't get done, or he doesn't think it's done well? Exactly. They're not done the right way. Mm. So, you know, depending on if it's washing dishes or... We're talking like little things. Yeah. Um, but so how do you handle hard. it now? What do you say to him? Uh, I just say, okay. But it's really hard. Like, I, I feel like if I do say something, then he thinks I'm being disrespectful. Yeah. And everything is about, every single thing, no matter what it is, how big or small, is always about disrespect. Now, now, let me ask this. When it comes to perfectionism, yeah. does he wrestle with this in his own life? Does he procrastinate and, and things like that? No way. So his no his his is getting it done deadlines. He he holds to a high standard for himself. Exactly, yeah. and he does for our children too, and and for me, and it's it's very very hard. Yeah. Um. And and I I guess there has to be a happy balance between, you know, feeling like I'm bra- being browbeaten. I don't even know if that's the right term. Yeah. Um. But it can be exhausting. I mean, sometimes I tell him to stop talking, please. Just. <laughs> Stop yeah. talking, you know, well, and I know that's probably not a very nice thing to say. Hmm. Well, listen, um, Amy, I think it's important to to talk about this and get it on the table. It, this is beyond perfectionism. There's a big control thing going on here, and of course, that's part of it. We want to be in control of ourselves, everything going on around us, and then we start to control others. I know there are people screaming at the radio saying, "Randy, just tell her if the dish if he doesn't like the way the dishes are being done, hand him the dish towel. You know, let him do it, or open. You can at least open the dishwasher for him. Uh, but you know, I think there's a message of putting the ball back in his court and saying, "Look," uh, and I think this is true whenever we're dealing with a perfectionist or a controller in our life, which is sort of a parallel issue. 
to not allow them to control our lives by lovingly putting it back into their court. If you're not happy, then you can do it yourself. But, you know, I'm not the maid, you know, I'm not the dishwasher. Uh, we're married. This is a family. I'm doing the best job I can. If you don't like it, I love you, but um, I don't need your help. And you're welcome to do it yourself. What do you think about that? Talking about living with or being a perfectionist, how does it impact your life? 888-888-1717. Are you overwhelmed by the uncertainty of life? For many, uncertainty can lead to fear and unhealthy life habits. In Dr. Randy's teaching, Intentional Living When You're Sick and Tired, you'll learn about the Apostle Paul's work with a church that exhausted and overwhelmed him and his commitment to walk by faith. When you give right now, we'll send you this teaching and we'll toss in God Hears and Answers, a book by Dr. Randy on developing a vibrant prayer life that will grow your faith and confidence in God during times of uncertainty. We'll email you this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools each month. To receive the teaching and the book, call 888-888-1717 today or visit theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. The scripture says, no man can tame the tongue, James 3.8. I am Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. The tongue is sort of like a wild animal. It got me thinking about the difference between a horse and a zebra. A horse can be trained. It may be difficult, but you can, you can break a horse and ride a horse, and a horse can be used. But try taming and riding a zebra. I understand that's very difficult. So it is with the tongue. So if we can't tame the tongue, what should we do with it? Well, certainly to be intentional, we need to be careful, extraordinarily careful. Every time you, you and I open our mouths to speak, we need to be enormously and intentionally aware of what's going to come out. Because the scripture says an awful lot, not only about our thinking, but about the words that we speak. And then to be intentional and taking responsibility after we speak, that's intentional living. To get our daily video, sign up at theintentionallife.com slash minute. And I hope you will. Take a moment and do that at theintentionallife.com slash minute. And then when you subscribe every day, you'll start receiving a video version of our Intentional Living Minute right at uh, right to your, to your mailbox, email box. I uh, hope you'll enjoy it. Perfectionism. Uh, just before I came in the studio this morning, we have our grandchildren uh, staying with us for a few days. Their parents are... Uh, doing some training and traveling and so on. So we're watching the grandkids and they're homeschooled. So Nana and Papa get an opportunity to do some homeschooling this morning. I was working with my my granddaughter, Aya, <laughs> you know, and, and there's a tendency, you know, when you got a child and they're doing the number, you want to make sure it's perfect. So you kind of help her along, making sure it's done in a way that will help her learn, but at the same time, encouraging her, let her know she's doing a great job. Some of you grew up, unfortunately, with such high expectations that were unreasonable, or at least they were perceived that way. And in the process, it leaves you, it left you feeling bad or can leave your children feeling like they don't measure up and they want to do things well and they want to do things perfectly. And it puts them into a difficult place. So avoid using evaluation and criticism when talking with your kids in a way that really doesn't allow them to grow and learn because perfectionism can be a lie. It's a lie that someday I'm going to be good enough. Someday I'm going to measure up. And here's the deal. As followers of Christ, we know that we'll never be perfect here in this place, but we work toward it every day in order to 
to figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. All right, uh, got uh, Melissa has shared with us uh, from Arizona uh, here at the Intentional Living Center. And has uh, let me ask, has perfectionism been an issue in your life? Yeah, um, it kind of started, I think, probably around the age of like 12 or 13, and it showed up in a lot of areas of my life, but um, one that I wanted to mention to you today is I've noticed perfectionism in um, my friendships and relationships and mm. not knowing how to be the real me, but trying to be like a perfect version of me for other people. So you put on kind of a front that's not really you? Yeah, like I I only will allow them to see like the positive emotions and and feelings and I don't know how to be the version of myself that when I'm unsure and when I'm anxious or when I'm depressed I don't know how to go to people and the like the awesome people in yeah. my life with that, you know. What were you able to be the real you when you were growing up or were you were you the pleaser? Um, maybe, maybe the pleaser, like, and then it's just kind of gotten worse over the years. Uh, is it really impacting your life today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just overall, um, I'm not like going after my dreams. Like I think like that childhood Melissa would want her to, to where I'm always second guessing. And if I can't do it perfect, then, then I don't even try. Cause I don't want that disappointment or that failure, you know? And yeah. then, and so, and then with relationships, just not really knowing how to get close to people. Cause just for so long, I, I haven't let them see like the, the just the regularness of mm-hmm. just life and everything. Now, are you married and have family? I'm not. I'm um, in school. I'm 23 and um, and still at home actually. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this is the good news here, M- Melissa. Is you have you're mindful of the fact and aware of the fact at 23 that this is a characteristic that you have that you'd like to change. You'd like to work on this. And yeah. this is the time to do it. Um, many times we see people who are perfectionistic. We always ask, you know, is there do you, you do you procrastinate in other areas, or is it only primarily this kind of an image conscious thing that that you have with with friends? I'd say I procrastinate a lot. Yeah. Um, we, you guys, you know, younger p- people in the millennials and younger people growing up today have, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of pressure when it comes to the social connections and online type of connections. And, and, and you and I know, Melissa, that a lot of the stuff that you see online today is just phony. I mean, people yeah. always put their best foot forward, but that's not who they really are. My guess is a lot of millennials are not really being honest with who they are. They, they, they want everybody mm-hmm. to see their perfection. Do you see that when, when you get online? Yeah, I mean, I I try my best to, like, be open with struggles, and that's kind of what I've been trying to remind myself, that we as people, like, we relate in our struggles. We don't relate in, like, our perfections, you know? And yeah. so, and that people, yeah, that I can't have, like, real conversations with people if I'm if I'm not being honest with, like, what I'm struggling with and dealing with, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely know that with social media, you don't you don't want to post like all of your baggage on there, but then at the same time, you don't want to just post like a superficial version that's yeah. not 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, a couple things, Melissa. I, I think you might be the type of person, if you have one or two close friends, where you can just be honest with them. You just really cultivate that kind of relationship where you can be close, you can share who you are and what's going on in your life. That would be important for you. Uh, you sound to me like a responsible person. You really want to go for those dreams. And I'm, I'm always, whenever I hear someone saying, it's keeping me from going after my dreams, that's where intentional living clicks in. Declare that intention. I don't know what your dream is. In fact, what is it? What, what is your dream, Melissa? What is the thing that you really feel God's placed in your life that you're holding back on? Yeah, so I guess I don't really know what it looks like, but um, I feel like um, I really love to encourage people and love on people and just show them like how loving Jesus is. And so I'm not sure what that'll look like as a career, yeah. but I guess like probably kind of the perfectionism gets in the way, but like um, just just being there for people and helping people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, Melissa, do it, do it. Uh, if I can be a little fatherly for a moment, I would encourage you. God has given you skills, interests, desires, passion. Step out. Don't do it with the idea of having to be perfect. Just do it with the idea of obedient to what God wants for you. All right, we're talking about perfectionism. Perfectionist calling in today, Jody in Kansas. Uh, let's get started. Let me ask you this. If, if, if we were to meet you in person, uh, how would we know that you, that you wrestle with perfectionism? Um, you would see me comparing myself to other people and their achievements, and I would be comparing their child to my child. You would see that sort of behavior on a regular basis. I've prayed about it and prayed about it, and I can be happy for other people's achievements. That's not my problem. It's My problem is just comparing myself to other people's achievements and my child's achievement especially. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you come up short when you do all that? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do after you experience one of these episodes of comparing? What do you do to to snap out of it or move on? I usually pray about it and know that Christ has got his timing and it's not my timing always. Well, it's not only timing. I think it's control too, Jody. And I think as you tell yourself the truth that it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It is. It's hard to get out of. And it seems like I'm constantly in that situation where I have my son struggling really hard right now with school and graduating high school, and I just can't even bring up the subject of my child around other people that have children his age because all of a sudden that those negative thoughts come in there and I start comparing him to their child and what did I do wrong as a parent and just different things like that. Mm, yeah, and you know that a long term, that's just going to destroy your relationships and undermine your sense of peace and and uh, the, what God has for you. We're talking about perfectionism today. There's five things that my friend Dr. Kevin Lehman says are action steps to overcome your perfectionist tendency as a parent. If you're raising kids and you don't want to raise a child who wrestles with this and you have some perfectionistic tendencies, I'll tell you what they are in a moment. Uh, don't go away. And then Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, in spite of all of these things, and this is only part of it, we know that he was shipwrecked and he was put in prison. Come on now, you talk about being sick and tired, whatever it is we're facing, Paul faced more. And here's a verse for those of us, and I say this to our members today, you may be facing cancer, you may have somebody in your family that's struggling, you may be going through it in your life right now, or someone you know and close to you, and they're just sick and tired. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Hmm. That's a great reminder. This lesson this month is an important one for our intentional living family, our community across the country. Those of you who are receiving the ongoing mentoring teaching from Intentional Living, pay close attention to the lesson this month. I titled it Intentional Living When You're Feeling Sick and Tired. And I think it resonates today with, unfortunately, too many of us. We just feel pretty overwhelmed. We're tired. We're tired of all the stress and the threats in our life and the things that we see going on in the world. And even as followers of Christ, it can be difficult from day to day. And so this lesson is intended to give you a perspective and a biblical view of how God speaks to us through his servant, the Apostle Paul, who must have felt very sick and tired after everything he'd been through. And that's the lesson this month, so watch for it. should be coming to you here just about this time mid-month. Also, those of you who are joining Intentional Living, becoming a part of our monthly family in support, two things. One is you'll be receiving that teaching I just mentioned, plus a book that we're sending out uh, that'll be an encouragement to you called God Hears and Answers Prayers to Encourage You for Your Relationships and Your Life. Call us again during West Coast Business Hours, 888-1717, or go to theintentionallife.com. And thank you. Thank you for being a part of Intentional Living. Hi, Randy. I heard today that you were speaking about perfection and how disappointing it is. And as a former perfectionist, I understand that. I was always trying to strive for perfection in my life and was never able to make it. I was always disappointed and kind of like a cat chasing its tail. You never quite get there. And then I realized the Lord requires of us excellence. There's a big difference between the two. Excellence is achievable. All of us can do it. Excellence is what you call intentional living or the tools you give for intentional living. I hope this is helpful. Bye. Five action steps to overcoming perfectionism if you're a parent. This is from my friend, Dr. Kevin Lehman. First of all, he says, realize your perfectionistic tendencies. The closer one uh, has an ideal sense of self, you know, and that's not your real self, the happier that person will be. So set realistic goals. Number two, don't should on your child. Don't compare them to others. We just talked about comparing and what that does. Accept them as they are. Three, physically hug and kiss them a lot. Give them a lot of affection. Four, watch the critical tongue when you mess up. Say, I misspoke. I'm sorry. Model for them humanity and uh, the fact that we're not perfect. And, And number five, just be fun and enjoy your kids. I think those are really practical tips. Maybe you wrestle with any one of those. But applying some of those to your life uh, can uh, certainly make a big difference. One of the things we don't want to ignore today are the people who are leaving comments on our comment line. Uh, Here's one, for instance. uh, She didn't leave her name, but this listener is learning a lot about perfectionism in the midst of a personal storm in their life. I'm trying every day to live in Christ, knowing I'm I'm an imperfect person knowing that I'm surrounded by temptations and trials and tribulations. But um, with what I'm going through, with my mother having cancer, and we're facing homelessness with my family, even though we're strong, I just know that I have to sit by in the back seat and let God be the captain, because I cannot get through it. 
I don't have the strength. Only God has the strength. I'm weak in the flesh. And um, your broadcast is a great inspiration to me. I listen to it every night, and I try not to be judgmental or vain, and I listen with the ears that God has given me. Mm. Listen with the Holy Spirit, and that's important. Well, I'm glad you're listening wherever wherever you're hearing the the program, um, and however you're hearing it. I'm glad it's encouraging to you. Diane had this to uh, say as she left it on our comment line. My comment is on being a perfectionist and um, how it robs you of your joy, how you're never completely satisfied with yourself, and also how you start to expect perfection from others. But it's something that God is dealing with me on and helping me to see others for who they are. Mm. Well, welcome to the club. We're all in the process of dealing with this in our lives. Hey, Dr. Randy. I was just wanting to comment on living um, in perfectionism. Um, You know, for myself, it comes from a place of knowing that I'm not perfect and realizing that there are things in my life that need work, but afraid that if other people see that, somehow I'm not who I'm supposed to be or where I'm supposed to be in life. But the way to combat that I found is just knowing who I am in Christ. You know, sometimes it's hard to practically live that. It's a spiritual principle, but just realizing that when Christ died, all my sins were taken away. And, and sometimes verbally saying that out loud to just kind of confirm it, kind of, you know, put life into it because our words have the power of life and death and, and just realizing that Christ is perfect. When I'm living in a perfectionist mindset, I am not keeping my eyes on Christ. I'm keeping my eyes on myself. So it really is like a like a me-centered type of attitude. But realizing that Christ died for me and when his blood poured out, he was covering all those imperfections. And knowing that I am more perfect now than I was, and ultimately when we go to heaven, we'll be perfect as perfect as we were meant to be. So I think it's just um, applying the principles of Scripture to our everyday life and realizing that it's not about us. It's about keeping our eyes on Christ and letting our minds be renewed daily in that truth. Mm, Good. That's good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Near the end of the program here, we've been... You know, reflecting on talking about uh, this thing of perfectionism and how it can get in the way of really living our life as God intended. And it got me thinking about just what he mentioned about his identity in Christ. And But we live in a time now where everybody wants to have an identity about something. You know, their culture or their gender or about their age or you name it. And you know, as Christians, our number one priority, our number one identity shouldn't be in any of those things. Or even in what we do, or what part of town we live in, or how apparently successful we've been in life. Our identity is in Christ, and when we make that the clear centerpiece of our life, it helps us not to be worried so much about uh, perfectionism or what people think, but our identity is in Christ, and that's what's most important. Hey, listen, thank you for joining me today. If you uh, caught all the show, can I encourage you maybe to Get online and hit the share button for our podcast and share it with some others. If you missed any of it, it's available for you online. 
We're here every day. If you want to come and talk more with one of our staff or find out about intentional living during West Coast uh, business hours, go to theintentionallife.com. Have a great day.